0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters, with Carl Fitzpatrick.
1: Southeast Radio. Well, a trailblazing programme from TU Dublin, which aims to provide people with disabilities with an opportunity to enter the world of self-employment and entrepreneurship, is now operating successfully. Joining us now is the man behind the programme, Professor Tom Cooney. Tom, I've invited you onto this morning's programme to discuss the self-employment for people with disabilities programme offered by TU Dublin. I'm very interested in hearing more about the course, but first, I'd like to learn about your own role within the university.
0: I am Professor of Entrepreneurship and I've been employed with TU Dublin. Previously, it was at Dublin Institute of Technology uh, for 30 years. Uh, the focus of my work has been uh, entrepreneurship throughout that time. But in 2006, I established the Institute for Minority Entrepreneurship within what was then Dublin Institute of Technology, and now TU Dublin, and we began to focus our work on marginalised and disadvantaged communities. So we've worked with immigrants, people with disability, traveller community, uh, ex-offenders. Um, I've delivered a program inside a prison, and seniors and and other communities. And the argument has been across all of them about they each have additional and distinctive challenges that mainstream population do not experience, and that's what we're addressing.
1: And talk to us about those challenges.
0: It it varies with, 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 with different communities, and I think that's the part that's not understood So if we go to enterprise support agencies generally, and indeed policymakers, the argument that's made is that we treat everyone the same, and our door is open to everyone. But treating everyone the same is actually not the answer. And and the, the notion of our door being open to everyone only works if people know the door exists and they can access it. So The additional distinctive challenges will will vary from community to community, and that's why each community needs a different approach. Now, what I would advocate is that the starting point is different, but once businesses are up and running, I think it's important to mainstream as quickly as possible, because we don't want people to be ghettoised or businesses to be ghettoised, and also entrepreneurs themselves see them, you know, they'd see themselves as entrepreneurs, not as an entrepreneur with a disability or not as an entrepreneur who's an ex-offender or whatever the background might be.
1: And Tom, how does your approach differ depending on the minority group that you're actually developing the entrepreneurship skills within?
0: So first of all, we'd have to undertake significant research to um, appreciate the the distinctive challenges that that particular community would face so someone who has a disability would have very different challenges in terms of business startup than someone who's an immigrant for example so for example an immigrant might have issues around language they'd have issues certainly around uh legal restrictions in terms of getting a business permit Uh, they'd have issues around trust because Unfortunately, racism, discrimination is an issue, whereas a person with a disability would have very different types of challenges, the biggest one being um, the welfare benefit trap and and other distinctive challenges as well. So the first thing we do is, is the research. second thing we do is we partner with organizations who already operate or support that particular community. So I'm not going to stand in front of any group of people and say, I feel your pain, when, when clearly I don't. I don't know what it's like to, to be someone you know, with a disability or, 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 or members of the other communities. An, an immigrant, yes, I did that for some time, but any of the others, I don't. And then the third thing is we will identify role models from that community who have succeeded because role models are powerful. They show there's a pathway for people on the course to achieve their goals, their ambitions, because others have done it before them.
1: And of course, employment and entrepreneurship are very closely linked. And I do recall a number of months ago, the OECD released a report and it showed that Ireland was lagging behind in terms of employment figures when it came to those with disabilities. In fact, my recollection of it is that only one out of three people with disabilities in Ireland actually has a job.
0: That's quite correct, Carl. And we have the fourth lowest rate of employment in the European Union for people with disability. Add to that the rate of pay is also lower than people without disability would be receiving for the same job. We also know that during the pandemic that people with disability were disproportionately affected by unemployment in terms of being let off. A number of reasons for that would have included the nature of the job in which they were working in, the nature of the industry in which they were working in, uh, but also the fact that, you know, in some cases, it was the easiest option for people, or what they consider to be the easiest option for people. And and, uh, we also know from ESRI research from the Celtic Tiger era and the, the subsequent bust that, People from these marginalized communities, and particularly people with disability, had greater difficulty in re-entering the labor market subsequent to being laid off. So the journey back is significantly longer. And unfortunately, Carol, you know, self-employment is not considered as an option in terms of you know, supporting people back into the labor market.
1: And, Tom, apart from the welfare trap, what are the other barriers that are holding those with disabilities back from entrepreneurship?
0: Well, if we've just been talking about employment and, and the poor access to employment and, and the rates of employment. If you're not in a the job, okay, then you're not getting relevant industry experience. Or if you're in a job but getting poorly paid, then you're not generating enough income from uh, your your position to allow you to retain capital to start the business, we've also got uh, evidence to show that uh, the the cost of disability is significantly higher. Okay, there was a report last month from Endicon, okay, claiming that it's in the region 15,000 euro extra a year for a person with a disability. Okay, in terms of the cost that they, that they have to you know, sustain. So you know, there's less access to, to disposable income. They have less managerial experience. They have less industry experience. Also, you may have people who have mobility issues where you know, issues like networking would become a problem. However, what I would argue is that what COVID has shown us is that remote working you know, and working from home, you know, is now much more viable. Assistive technologies have improved dramatically. So, in fact, this is a time when I think self-employment for people uh, becomes a greater option, and it also allows them the flexibility in terms of managing their time, their location, the nature of their job, and also if they had issues like. You know, hospital appointments or needing to step back due to health concerns. You know, there's much greater flexibility for them in terms of, of of all of those concerns and issues.
1: And Tom, specifically in relation to TU Dublin's self-employment for people with disabilities course, talk to us about the format of the program and how it actually works.
0: Well, the first thing was that you know there was a, there was suggestions by 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 people that we. You know that there wouldn't be a demand for it, um, that why don't they just take the course that's on offer through the local enterprise offices as an example right? Uh, we got funding for twenty places from Pubble, um through the open doors initiative, and that funding uh, we, we advertised for, for for applicants, and we had almost, uh, we just we got forty applicants. Uh, for that 20 places and then there was an application process a review process and 20 people were offered places. The nature of the course was it was 12 weeks online which meant that any a person from anywhere in the country was able to participate. The There was a, a lecture for two hours online every Wednesday from 11 to 1. The first hour would be where I was um, dealing with content around specific topic of that day. The next half hour was an expert on that topic doing a kind of guest uh, speaker role. And then the last half hour was a guest speaker who was an entrepreneur with a disability who was successful. So we had 12 different role models across the, the lectures who demonstrated what was possible. So, like Mark Pollock, um, Sinead Kane, all talking to the class about their entrepreneurial journey, the challenges they faced, and the experiences they had. In addition to that, we uh, identified an online um, tool from the UK called um, SimVenture Validate, which allows people to build their business plan on a week by week basis. Um, It uses the business model canvas template and that we found really effective because it didn't overwhelm anyone at any one time. You just answered a series of questions and you worked your way through it on a week by week basis. We also secured a business mentor for each participant on the course and they were supplied through the local enterprise office network, and that was funded by the Department of Enterprise. In addition to that, those mentors were trained by an organization in the UK called Kaleidoscope Investments on working with people with disability in a mentoring capacity. Uh, in addition to that, we um, have a Dragon's Den style event um, taking place at the end of January, where it includes a venture capitalist, a bank person, someone from a local enterprise office, and someone from Microfinance Ireland, with the ambition being that if the business is viable, you know that between them, you know they might be able to advise on where funding could be secured to get the business up and running. So it's a very holistic package. Um, sorry, one other thing is that all lectures were recorded. And so that meant that people were able to revisit the lecture at a time and space that suited them because they may not have been able to you know, follow the full flow of the class in, 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 in the moment, but were able to revisit it at a later stage. Or sometimes they might have missed it due to health reasons. So a really holistic approach. And what we were giving people was a supportive environment to determine the viability of their business idea.
1: And Tom, provide us with an insight into the profile of the course participants and what sectors they're looking at progressing into.
0: We were open to any any form of disability. So so the, the promotional material said that we invite people who self-identify as having a disability. So the range of disability was very broad and um, That created its own challenges for us as providers of of the course and ensuring that all the technology was appropriate for the different um, disabilities. Uh, So that was a learning experience for us and and, and a good learning experience and and one we benefited from. Uh, Then the nature of the business ideas are, are quite varied, uh, it, but they're very strongly in the services sector. Um, there are one or two outside the services, but generally it's services. A number of the applicants are targeting uh, ideas, business ideas relating to people with disabilities. So it might be about you know identifying a gap in the market where disability support is currently not available or where... some type of product or service would be beneficial to people in the disability market. Uh, But the majority would be targeting communities outside the disability market and would be online uh, activity was, again, quite popular. But quite broad, Carol, uh, in, in, in the nature of the business ideas and the nature of the industries in which they were targeting.
1: And Tom, on a broader level, what more needs to be done to achieve a more inclusive and diverse entrepreneurship community here in Ireland?
0: Well, I think, first of all, you know, I'm delighted we're having this discussion because you're one of the very few people who has highlighted, you know, the issues around employment and self-employment for people with disability. And I'm, I'm, I'm greatly surprised by the fact that we're not having... You know, more discussions about this. So one of the things I would hope will happen through your program and through you know, other people talking is that the, you know, the problem of employment and self-employment for people with disability becomes much more of a national discussion point. Secondly, I do believe that we, we should have an inclusive entrepreneurship policy out of the Department of Enterprise.
1: We have
0: an entrepreneurship policy that's now finished. We have the regional um, enterprise plans. But if you look at regional enterprise plans, there's very little about inclusivity uh, amongst them. Additionally, if you look at the comprehensive employment strategy for people with disability, 2015 to 2024, there's barely any mention in that document. And that's national policy barely any mention in that document around self-employment. So the question I'm asking, Carl, is why are we not talking about this? Why do we not see the economic and social potential that, is, that exists for people from these marginalized communities towards employment and self-employment? And much greater discussion needs to be happening at a national level. And I'm delighted that you are addressing the issue.
1: Thank you, Tom. And finally, this morning, in terms of our international counterparts, what country is leading the way in this area and what can we learn from them?
0: Interestingly, is that when we look at what's happening internationally, it's a very similar story. And the programs that I examined internationally all had the problem of sustainability. That there were some really good programs, but on a three to five year basis, you know, was as far as they ran, and then, you know, it stopped running. Now, what's interesting is that in, in, in Finland, what they're looking at is a different approach, which is, you know, that everything we do should be inclusive and that we don't need sp- specific, you know, tailored training programs, you know, but instead we've got to be looking at all policies, all initiatives. You know, are they truly inclusive? Are we really reaching out you know, in the way that uh, includes everyone? But for the moment, um, what we're looking at is just examples of good practice in terms of, good, um, in terms of effective courses uh, in various countries in Europe. Uh, and there's no country that I would argue is a standout example that we could follow.
1: Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Professor Tom Cooney from TU Dublin, and I think this is an excellent initiative, and I look forward to hearing about its participant success in the years to come.
0: Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.